Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Good afternoon, a warm welcome to you from all of the team here at Ausbiz. This is the call where we discuss 10 companies picked by you with a buy, hold, or sell recommendation from our two expert guests, all in the course of 60 minutes. So let's get to it, shall we? Rudy Filipek Van Dyke from FN Arena is here with me. Also joining us in studio, Philip Pepe from Shaw and Partners. Guys, you got to bet on any horses? No. Okay, you got to <laughs> bet on what the RBA will do. Um, yes. Yeah. What do you think the RBA will do? 25 basis points. What do you think they should do? 25 basis points. Yeah. They should do 50, but they'll do 25. Oh, really? At this well, this whole 25 now, 25 in yeah. Feb, maybe yeah. just do 50. Mm. Um, they, they, they won't, they'll do 25. They, they never do 50 unless it's at the beginning of the cycle, yeah. not, not at the end. So, okay, we get a 25 basis point rate hike today. Many of our listeners will be already knowing the answer to this. Having but a mortgage. Um, what happens to equities in that case? I think equities have already shrugged it off. Mm. Uh, they're down a little bit today. Uh, I'd say, I think the stats were this morning, most economists have got a rate rise factored in. So I think uh, equities just continue. It's a public holiday in Melbourne, so volumes are low today anyway. But I think equities just resume batting and now wait for the February data, which is still, mm. you know, three months away. So I think equities down a little bit today won't change. It's, it's factored in. Um, yeah, I think a little bit down, but not much. Yeah. Not, not, nothing spectacular, I don't yeah. think. Okay. All right. Well, we have snapped our winning streak going into this decision regardless at 2.30. And of course, we'll have full coverage here live and then we'll get it up for you online to listen to our expert analysis. ASAP. Let's get back to stocks, though, shall we? The reason we're here right now, 29 metals, CSL, Perpetual, SG Fleet, and Big River Industries will be discussed in this first half of the program, along with the stock of the day. Now, I got to say, there wasn't a whole heap of corporate news out today that we could really get going on. In fact, it's quiet on the economic front globally today as well. And uh, even U.S. earnings are what sort of headline numbers there. So what I did think we should do is talk about Chrysus. So I actually spoke with the CEO on the small caps just last week because the company had done a deal with Barrick Gold, one of the world's largest gold miners. Well, today, Chrysus has completed $75 million placement following that partnership with Barrick Gold and MSA Labs which sees the company have the potential to deploy 13 of its assay units to barrack mine sites across four continents by the end of 2025. So the cash balance will be pretty healthy after this raise $108 million before costs $22 million in an undrawn debt facilities. The company says that lenders remain supportive and they're in advanced discussions to expand debt facilities as well. So Chris says that the funds raised will strengthen its capital position to meet that contracted profile and to develop optionality to continue to expand 
along with its growing sales pipeline. Clearly, the placement, though, has taken the wind out of the sales of the shares today, currently down by close to 6%. So guys, I don't know exactly how familiar you are with this company, but it's a pretty interesting one. It uses technology, um, you know, in the SA process at gold mines, but it's come out of the CSIRO. And since listing, I mean, share price has done very well. I know you like to see more history in companies, but do you ever make exceptions? Yes, uh, but I wouldn't make exception for this one. A um, <clears throat> couple of things. I, I, I agree, it's a very interesting company, but at the end of the day, um, 50 million in sales a year, approximately, I think. Um, I mean, some CEOs have that for lunch money uh, on the stock exchange. So it's very small. If you look at the daily turnover, um, that looks like a lobster pot to me. Uh, there's not much happening there in turnover daily, um, which means you can, can easily buy shares, but um, if you want to sell them on, a, on the wrong day or on the wrong week, you might have some problems. Um, so I'm, you're right, I, I, out of risk management, I always give people, give, I put companies on my radar and I follow them for quite a while longer. I think today's placement uh, also brings home one very important message to, to investors as well. When you're a small cap company and you sometimes have that, those big contracts, it often means you have to spend a lot of money across to, to serve that contract. And obviously that's in their case, that, that's exactly what's happening. So first come the costs. They are, um, to my understanding, they are just profitable, but they won't be profitable this year. And I can t say that with confidence because there's only one broker that covers these stocks very closely. And I think that's Sean Partners. And they have a negative year for the year ahead. So they will not be profitable this year. Um, long story short, yes, of course. I mean, it's, it's, it's trading well since, since, since listing. Uh, or not, not since listing, but so soon uh, when we moved into this year. It's, it's trading consistently now over the 200 moving average this year, which means there's, there's solid support. Um, you can add it to your portfolio. Don't put too much money in there. Personally, the type of investor I am, I, I have these companies simply on my radar and I give them a little bit more time to prove themselves because there will be downturns and the downturns will show you um, uh, probably the information you need to know if, you, if you're intending to hold those companies for the longer run. So there's the conservative view, um, but I do know that Sean Partners has a buy, but high risk. Yes, so it's not my stock, it's my colleague's stock mm -hmm. uh, who put out a note last week. So buy rating, 750 price target last week. Sean and Partners was involved in the placement um, with the other broker who also covers the stock. So there's at least two brokers to cover it. Mm -hmm. So take that full disclosure uh, with a grain of salt. Um, what I think is interesting about this business is the technology. It is displacing the old way of doing things. The old fire assets, assay, oh, sorry, what's it called? Um, Displacing fire assays in geochemistry. I'm not a, not a physicist, obviously not a chemist, but new technology. What's important? Mm. Non-chemicals, yeah. non-toxic mm. chemicals. So if you've got a new way of doing something that isn't as toxic, that's safe for women to use from, from a fertility point of view, that yeah. puts more women into the mining workforce, like only good things can come of it. So for me, outside of, inside of looking in, not my stop. So that's what's a interesting. ESG tick. tick. 
Well, Gitanese GTIC, but it, it gets just yeah. safe for human consumption TIC. So um, that's why I think the partnership with Barrett Gold mm. came. It's mm. like, well, this is a non-toxic way of doing something that is already in strong demand. It's in the gold space, which mm. we like. Uh, the gold price is heading back towards $2,000 an ounce. It's last week's announcement really gives a tick of approval mm. to the technology. So we think, or our analyst thinks, that that's just the first step. It should win more contracts over time to get to its profitability. And as we've seen, when companies move from loss making to profit making, it gets another leg up. So, you know, it sort of fell after the IPO. It's back above IPO mm. price now. It's back at the issue price um, mm. overnight. Again, we've been trading for a couple of hours. Uh, but for those who like technology uh, that's in old school mining, gold mining, this is the way of the future. It's backed by the CSIRO. So we like what they're doing. Mm. We like the company on behalf of my colleague who can't publish for a few days, I suspect we're still going to like it, um, post the raise and yeah, we like it. We, we call it mm. a buy. I think it's a buy. There you go. Stock of the day. Glad I asked. And uh, we do get a few viewer questions about that one as well. So uh, let's get to the companies that have been nominated by you, our viewers and our listeners. Mm. Thanks so much for doing so. And just remember, this is information only. This is not financial advice. So with that in mind, Rosalind has written in about 29 metals. I'm going to start with you on this one, Philip. I'm going to call this one a hold. Um, gold price going up, copper price has come off its highs. Uh, to Rudy's point, this company's probably 12 to 18 months away from really generating some profits and strong cash flows. And analysts who cover it do have them producing pretty solid uh, cash flow returns in 18 months time but we're not there yet and on consensus forecasts it's close to fair value and again for me simplistic mm. commodity stocks follow the commodity price coppers um, off its highs I, I would wait for this one mm. i wouldn't call it a sell it's a little bit cheap um, but if 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 the strong uh, cash flow generation is still 12 to 18 months away assuming no cost blowout I think you've got time. So mm. I would give it another six to 12 months before buying the stock. So I would call it a hold based on, it's just, it's a little early for me on, mm -hmm. on this one. And copper is just okay. Well, it did see its cost go down in the most recent production report. Um, and it did maintain its production and cost guidance. I think that was toward the end of October. But that's not a real pretty looking chart. I mean, I know, again, no. it doesn't have a long history, but still. It, it, it has disappointed on, on, and that's what you basically, that's what you see in the, in the, in the price chart. So that also, I mean, I agree with, with Philip. Uh, I think um, if you want to play the copper price, you're probably early here. Uh, we're, still, we're still looking towards um, a global deceleration in economic momentum. Um, and that's probably going to, uh, unfold over the next six to nine months or so. Um, usually, um, things like copper follow the trend in GDP and in ISM uh, surveys and all of that. So I wouldn't be too enthusiastic on, on the copper price. Although you can, if you're really bullish, you can take the argument that maybe the, the correction has already happened uh, because copper is down this year. Um, the other problem, of course, is, is, is company specific. Company, if you invest in commodity stocks, there's always there's the commodity price, and then there's a company-specific uh, part. Um, this one was listed with relatively high credentials, but it has disappointed our own on a couple of occasions. So clearly, they have some problems operationally. Now, they work through that, I have no doubt. Uh, it'll take time. Eventually, it might take 12 months, and they get their production 
numbers up and all of that. But should you then be there at this point in time? I actually think you shouldn't. Um, because if, if the price of copper uh, takes another leg down, which given the outlook for the global economy is not, not such question, a crater, yeah. then this share price is probably, uh, it can easily half again. You know what I mean? In particular, when, you, when you're talking low volume, etc., uh, etc. Et so you shouldn't be, you, you don't have to be there. I mean, you can wait and you can wait and see how the picture changes. And if, if the whole economic picture changes and copper changes and, and things like that, you probably have all the time because once these stocks start rallying, they rally a long time and hard. So why would you be there now? Now you can look into industrials that have a profitable and dividends and growth. And so I wouldn't be there. Too much risk for me and too much uncertainty, essentially. Okay. So let's see if we can find one of these industrials or maybe I'll just ask you a little bit later on to keep <laughs> our viewers engaged. Why don't we get, though, to a real stalwart, a blue chip? And uh, second stock is, drumroll, CSL, picked by Norman. So there you go, Rudy. Yeah, no, there we have an industrial, profitable and dividends. Okay, we just spoke about copper. Let me, let me tell you a very funny story. We have, a, we have a copper mine listed on stock exchange and it's located in Bougainville, which is PNG. Now that copper mine, in a very brief story, that hasn't been doing anything since 89, the rebels basically destroyed the whole mine. Equipment has been stolen, nothing happens there, and there's no perspective whatsoever that they will do anything. Okay? But when copper price goes down, copper price goes up, you will find people buying and selling the shares. Yeah? You probably have more chance of buying the lottery ticket once than having the jackpot, than having this stock for the next 100 years in your portfolio. 100 if, if, years, Lord help If me. there's life up there, yeah, they're having a laugh every single day, and you think like, what are these guys doing? Yeah, it's basically worthless. Yeah? Yet, the share price will move for the price of copper. Yeah? Why am I telling this story? Is that, in particular, beginning investors they think that everything in the share market can be explained. It's intelligent. It's logical. There's man, people are smart, doing smart things in the market. I mean, and then you have examples like Bougainville Copper. You think like. Who's doing that? Who's buying and selling those stocks? So clearly, not everything that happens in the share market is smart and intelligent. Rational. Right? Now we come to CSL. Is that rational to, uh, to sell down this, this high-quality growth stock on the stock exchange, third largest in the market? I would say, no, it hasn't been. So there's two, two responses you can have. Either you start threshing the stock and you sell your shares, and maybe you do that when you're a short-term trader looking at charts or you're a long-term investor, and then you appreciate the fact that not everything is that smart in the market, and that means you don't argue with the market, but you can sometimes take advantage of it. So when this one gets trashed, the best way to take advantage is you, you buy shares. I'm not buying shares because I've already made this one the largest uh, holding in my portfolio. But um, the way to get even, though, is that you, buy, you basically buy shares and you have a long-term perspective. I'm very confident in predicting this is a $300 plus stock. And if, you give, it, and, and, and if you give it more time, and if you give it more time, it'll be 400 mm -hmm. and, and beyond. 200 years. Yeah. I mean, we just, I just described the fact that we are, we are going in a growth deceleration globally. Uh, healthcare has significantly underperformed on a global scale. 
at some point, and this probably already happening, people will 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 turn to the likes of CSL and thinking like that's a relatively safe stock in the in the in the in the context. It's growing by between thirteen and seventeen percent EPS in US dollar terms. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you not buying? Well, um, I don't know what Philip's going to say, but before I get emails about you know timing the market and technical oh, indicators yeah, course, and everything else, of course. keep in mind there are different investment styles. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's why and I said. So as a trader, we're going to discuss them all. As a trader, by all means, the main sell it because it looks bad on the charts. As an investor, and you have a long-term view, don't follow the traders. Know your stock and why you own it. So CSL is pretty much always a buy for you. Sell them not. Because I have a long-term view and I know the company. Okay. See yourself, Philip. If the market was efficient, I wouldn't have a job. There you go. That's what I tell myself every day. I think it's a buy. Um, it has been sold off with a lot of healthcare stocks. Um, in part, again, this was a, they experienced some margin contraction during COVID. They had a strategy day, I think, a couple of weeks ago that talked about restoring those margins back to pre-COVID levels. I think they've also been hit by the, the wonder drug Apparently, we're never going to yeah. get sick again because yeah, yeah, yeah. you take the pill. Uh, absolute nonsense, if exactly. you ask me. Right. We'll find out in due course, storm in a teacup, but that'll take some time. Um, CSL has always looked expensive. It actually looks yeah. cheap now versus analyst consensus. Rare that it does that. So yeah. based on current earnings, they have guided to double-digit EPS growth over three years. On top of that, they have a R&D portfolio, which can deliver further growth, either higher growth or growth for longer. That is why you buy CSL. It's, it's proven itself over multiple yeah. decades. Uh, healthcare has been sold off. Analysis I've done suggests that in a downturn, healthcare outperforms. So if you bearish the market, if you bearish the near term, healthcare is the place to be. It barely pays a dividend, but it does pay a dividend. Uh, yeah. I do agree it should be above $300. 12 months, oh. I, don't, I don't cover right. it, but it's not How long is a piece of string? Huh? It has then you been have to sell it to realize your gains, which no, you goes don't. against no, your... No, you don't. No, you don't. You no, wait until it gets to 400. <laughs> in 100 years. Yeah, in 100 years. Anyway. So it's, it's, it's rare that, I mean, historically, the pushback on CSL is as expensive, expensive, it's expensive. At the moment, I think it's on um, on consensus data. It's on so? 20, 25 no. times... No. PE, oh, sorry, 22 times PE, 25% um, expected return. Mm. It's rarely that cheap, I think, off the top of my head. So I think it's a good entry point it, it, if you're a yeah. long-term investor and if you are nervous the equity markets in the next six months, it's more than just a safe place yeah. to put some money. So, yeah, buy on um, CSL. Well, it's already in the portfolio, so there you go. And it's the largest, largest holding, I think, but as well. But still ask about it as well. Okay, let's get to the number three on the list, which is Perpetual. This has been picked by Andrea. I find it really interesting that we get a lot of questions about fund managers, mm. essentially, listed fund managers, whether or not it's time to buy. So, um, you know, rule of thumb, follow the funds. What do you think of Perpetual? That is, that rule tends to work. Uh, if uh, I mean, look at Magellan uh, yeah. as the opposite. If, if yeah. they're losing money, they'll keep losing money if yeah. they're winning money. So uh, Perpetual had a great or a decent first quarter. So they lost um, over $5 billion. So obviously they're merging with Pendle. So yeah. we'll come to the synergies in a second. Um, pretty challenging June quarter where they lost over $5 billion in fun. They've actually stemmed the flow and were basically flat slightly up 
in the September quarter and performance has been good. I think 75% of their funds have actually outperformed. So um, if they can continue that momentum and get the benefits of um, the synergies from merging with Pendle and there'll be heaps, you know, back office, for example, um, the, the, those have begun, but there's still a long way to go. Uh, the, the proviso is it tends to do better in rising markets because the market is its biggest client. So if you're nervous, the market, you've probably got time. But at nine times PE, I think a cautious market outlook is priced mm. in. For the longer term investors, I think this is a good buying opportunity. Mm. So I would call it a buy. Uh, but if you're nervous markets, mm. it might mm. fall before it goes up. Mm. Um, but I think the uh, the merger with Pendle makes a lot of sense. They'll get the back office synergy, the technology investment synergies. Uh, so I'm going to call it a buy mm. on the proviso that markets don't tank because then it will fall. It will have a beta of about one. So it will fall if the markets fall. So they're just better places to be, Rudy. I, well, I largely agree with Philip, but I have a little bit of a different view on things. I think that the, the acquisition of Pendle gives them the, the synergy, synergy uh, advantages. So basically, they're going to sack staff. They're going to take out a lot of costs, and that basically adds to the bottom line. Right? Um, they are dividend payers. Uh, I don't know what the, what the yields at the moment, but the share price is quite weak, so the yield will be quite high, I think. I would say between 5 and 6% at least. Um, so that's probably the reason why you, why you can own it and then wait uh, for the turnaround in markets and in their funds flow to, to eventuate. But however, I'm, I'm a little bit more wary towards the longer term. Because I think this sector is um, facing a lot of uncertainties and a lot of uh, challenges. And that's why you see them all acquiring each other. Because uh, bottom line, we probably will end up with less managers, less active managers in, in 10 years' time than we, ha- than we had yesterday. And that's why we have Janus and Henderson now. And now we have Perpetual and Pendle. And, we will, and, and um, Phil King is, of course, uh, eating everything left, right and center. And um, uh, we will see more of that. Um, should one own them? I, I'm assuming that the, the interest is there because the yields are now high, the, the valuations are low. At some point, you would expect that that might mean revert. Um, so for that reason, probably you, you can own it. Um, longer term, I think technology, AI, ETFs, uh, low fee products, uh, platforms, it's all the big challenge for these guys, and 80% is unable to, to, to beat indices and ETFs uh, consistently over the long run. At some point, that'll, that'll, that'll bite. Um, and it probably already has bitten, because that hence the fund outflows and, and where the share price, where it is. Um, I mean, when I came to Australia, this was $45 uh, a piece, mm. and everyone was always speculating of who would who would acquire them as a as a foreigner, and it never happened. And, and look what the share price is now. So I'm a bit more wa- more wary longer term, but I, I I agree with Philip. You can you can buy it now. You cash in the, the dividend yield. You wait for the fund outflows to stop, which will at some point, and 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 the synergies from the panel acquisition will come through which probably guarantees them two strong years, I would say. And then you go back to, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the whiteboard. Okay, so that is a buy. It's a double yeah, buy. Yeah. Got it. It's not what I expected, but... <laughs> we got there. There you go. We did get there in the end. 
Okay, SG Fleet. So this is the fourth company picked by Eric. Eric, I don't know if you already own it or if you're looking to buy it. Um, you know, if you've made money in it already. Um, so let's just get a general view. I'll start with you, Rudy, on that SG Fleet. Well, we, we talked about one, one of my one of my big things in the share market is mega trends. Yeah. And we we often talk about commodities, and then you come lithium and and rare earths and all of that. But um, another way of playing mega trends is through industrials. And for example, electric vehicles. Yeah? Why, why, why do we all move into battery metals and then have to suffer the extreme volatility? And at the moment, a lot of them internationally are down on their knees. Um, you can also just simply buy SG Fleet and, and the other three that are listed on the stock exchange and, and have exposure to the mega trend of electric vehicles taking ever more market share in the global car park. And that is essentially going to happen. <clears throat> That's why the likes of SG Fleet, uh, Macmillan Shakespeare, Smart Group, and there's one, one more, number four. Um, that's, that's why they are all of a sudden getting, getting more and more attention from investors because investors are catching up now to the fact that these guys might have the wind in the sails for the next few years, multiple, as, as Australia is warming up to electric vehicles. And that is, I think, the long and the short as, as to why you would own these, these, these shares. Um, maybe a comment to make, Macmillan Shakespeare apparently has a big contract coming up for renegotiation next oh, yeah. year. That is risk. I mean, that contract doesn't necessarily renew. And, and the other point to make is that um, usually all else being equal, uh, smart group is considered the, the highest quality in the sector. Okay, so that is a hold? Yeah, because it all, this one has, has, has not fallen. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't chase it here, but- uh, Brokers but seem to like un, it. Unless, unless, again, unless you have an, an, an outlook for, for many years, and then you can buy and, and just keep them because on, on the premise that, that that uh, market share gains from electric vehicles will, will just support yeah. their, their profit growth. There's a lot of them on the roads now. I mean, for ages, it and was, we were be, just so and, far and, behind. And it will only yeah, be more and, and more. We're still catching up, but you know, so I'm seeing them a lot. Philip, SG Fleet, how does it look on the numbers? I know Morgan Stanley's overweight. Macquarie hasn't outperformed. Those are actually the two brokers that I can see in front of me now on FN Arena. Most most brokers like it. Um, it's on about a nine times, nine point four times PE, six percent dividend yield. It looks okay, and it's been performing well. It is benefiting from the demand for EVs, but just demand for novated or vehicle yeah. leases yeah. in general. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't been able to get the vehicles because of all the COVID backlogs. Yeah. Our price have been high, like any yeah. loan company. And there's still some models that are in short supply as well. So that's still yet yeah. to play through. So yeah. it's earnings probably okay for the next 12 months. Um, so it looks like a buy, but we're gonna get an interest rate rise today <laughs> to slow things down. Yeah, but you're holding it for longer than so, today. <laughs> well, something's gotta give, people keep spending. And my view is that yeah, the yeah, big yeah. ticket purchases, unless it's a holiday. It's true, but this, you, but this yeah. goes through your employer, yeah. which is, I think is a different dynamic. It still comes out of your salary though. That's the issue. Yeah, so. but this, you don't you don't experience it in the same way as a consumer. I, that's what I think. You might not, but yes. if if your fuel costs are up, um, well, I could do with a new car, and I'm just waving. See, there so. you go. And the flip side is Tesla's cutting their yeah. prices to win yeah. market share. So yeah. if Tesla keeps cutting their prices and becomes more affordable, they'll do okay. I don't know. I'm going to call it a hold because yeah. if the RBA keeps insisting we slow, mm. you're probably going to push out your new car spend, however you fund it. 
It's not, gonna be, not gonna be the first cab off the Maybe. rank, no pun intended. No. So it looks it looks like a buy, analysts mm. like it. It's probably got 12 months worth of solid earnings, mm. but the RBA will get its way eventually. And the new car, however you finance mm. it, isn't a necessary spare. It is something you can cut uh, if your existing vehicle is actually doing okay, in my mm. humble opinion. So for me, I worry about where mm. the more discretionary spend can get cut. We've mm. seen people not buying another couch, not buying another TV. Mm. Do you really need that electric vehicle today? Um, if if its interest rates have gone up and your mortgage has gone up, you might actually wait a year or two. So that's what I'm cautious about. Looks like a good business. Yeah. I would just wait at least until two thirty today, and probably until February <laughs> next year. Uh, I'm, I'm going to call it a hold. Nothing wrong with the business. More about the macro, yeah. and this is clearly a segment where yeah. you could cut spending without affecting you too much. Yep, fair enough. All right, let's get to our fifth stock doing well for time, and that is Big River Industries. BRI is the ticker code. This is picked for Joel. So residential build. Actually, Rudy, do they have exposure to any commercial? Yeah, they do, I okay. think. I'm pretty certain they do They do some uh, infrastructure Their as well. Their input yeah. costs will be coming down. Well, However, well, they are a relatively small player yeah. in a very, very, very cyclical sector. Yeah. Um, I mean, people are uncertain what the outlook is for a company like CSR. Mm-hmm. Um, the old guy in the room. Um, so imagine the, the potential risks for something like, like this uh, in a in in tiny market cap. Um, I mean, they have a relatively good reputation. They've actually done quite well since listing, although they've come, come down now recently, as we can see on the price chart. I think that's just the market pricing in, understandably, the fact that we, we don't really know what the RBA impact is going to be on, on basic on, on construction. I mean, and if if somehow they stumble, you probably don't want to be on the register. So for me, it's too much uncertainty, too much risk. They're too small. I mean, small companies, people have always had the impression they'll double in price easier. You go, yes, but they're also half much easier. Um, so it depends on which times you have them. And, and probably we, we earlier had 29 metals um, and, and uh, maybe we should wait for this one, 69 months as well to get a more clearer picture. In, in how the RBA rate hikes are translating into the building industry. Yeah, but then you think in Australia, if there's anything that's resilient, it's the housing market. Well, the price, yes, not the construction. Well, I guess not, yeah. We've seen a lot of pain in that space. And that's the issue, so I'm, I'm gonna call it a hold on that basis. So good products, you know, timber paneling, that kind of stuff. We're not building enough houses and a lot of builders are going broke and they're going yeah. broke because interest rates have gone up. They made a lot of projects uneconomic and interest rates will keep going up until things slow down. So until we get a solution for the housing crisis, companies like this will see a decline in demand because builders aren't building. We, we have strong demand for the housing, but if builders aren't building it, there's less demand for their products. So I think... Um, the, the sell-off is justified given the near-term outlook is uncertain. There's demand. Where's the supply? Supply isn't going to increase after 2.30 today. So I just think cautious. And I mean, we see it in the um, ABS data. Anything yes. housing-related is going backwards, and this is a housing-related yep. exposure. More, in, more, more importantly, it is a con- housing construction-related exposure, yes. which is a double negative. So I would avoid this one for the time being until we start to see some real meaningful spend on domestic housing which which but now it's getting interesting you avoid it but it's a hold 
No, I think we're going to call that an avoid. Call it a cell. Uh, a cell. Avoid, okay, yeah. so here we go. I've just crossed the hold call and the avoid, and it's a cell. I like the company. It's, it's just a cell on the outlook. Yeah. yeah. Avoid. So, so you're not buying it in the first place. Yeah. Okay. All right. Stop it. Stop it. Let me just sum up what we've learned so far. Uh, crisis. Crisis. I was told crisis. Chrysos is. Uh, it's a very interesting company in Rudy's view. But uh, small sales, only about fifty million dollars in sales a year. Calling it a lobster pot, he wouldn't go near it just yet. A way of the future. It's a specy buy for the team at Shaw and Partners. You know, improving on this technology in the mining space. It is the way of the future, and lots of miners, you know, really starting to embrace uh, technology in a more meaningful way. Even though I feel like we've been talking about it for you know a decade more. All right, so let's get to twenty nine metals. It is a sell for Rudy. Cut your losses. Essentially, you don't know what's going to happen to the price of copper in an economic slowdown. It's a hold though for Philip Pepe. Pretty close to fair value, but he thinks you've got time before you'd want to buy it. Um, it is a buy for CSL from both of my guests. Um, both are confident it will be a 300 plus stock. When exactly? Well, longer term investing. That's what CSL is about. Philip was brave enough to say in about 12 months. Okay, um, perpetual. It's a buy for both of my guests as well. On a roll here. Um, look, in the long term, Rudy sees a threat from ETFs, low cost models, AI, all of that kind of stuff. But buy it for the dividends now. You just have to watch it uh, when these cycles change. Rule of thumb, follow the funds. Philip's happy to buy it today. Uh, SG Fleet, you know, quality business, but um, yeah, Philip really is concerned about the state of the consumer. Are people going to want to continue to buy vehicles, even if it's novated leasing, um, in a slowdown, a significant slowdown, when we're being told repeatedly to stop spending? Um, you know, Rudy sees the benefit of the EV trend, mega trend here, really starting to gain traction, but still it's a hold for him. And you just heard them talking about Big River Industries, double sell coming through today, not in the portfolio. So we won't worry about that too much. Okay, so the portfolio, speaking of, the new investment committee is up online. I'll be honest, there weren't huge changes made this month. However, uh, look, the guys agreed, the investment committee agreed that, you know, you don't want to make changes necessarily just for the sake of making changes, but weightings uh, were played around with quite a bit. So you'll want to listen to that one. You can find it online. And we'll get you the portfolio performance update tomorrow. All right, let's get to the next five on the list. So we've got Horizon. We've got, oh, sorry, we've got ALS to start. Then we've got Horizon. Then we've got Macquarie. Of course, it uh, reported last week. And maybe we'll just get a view on the banks in general through that. St. Barbara. And we've got SRG Global as well. So let's get straight to it, shall we, guys? We've had a bit of a break. ALS is the sixth stock, and it's been picked by Aaron. Philip, I feel like picking on you right now. Please do. Uh, I like this business. Its most recent result led to some small downgrades um, by the market. That's never a good sign in terms of an entry point. It's on about 15 times consensus PE with only about 5% per annum growth over the next two years. So it doesn't scream like a compelling buy. Again, it's another testing business. So it's in mining and it's in um, uh, life, life sciences. sciences. So it's in the right space. It just seems fully priced for the medium term outlook. So in a market full of cheap stocks to buy something at 15 times with single digits growth over the next two years, 
I would wait for a lower entry point. I would own it at some some point. Uh, at the current price, I would just call it fair value. That chart probably suggests it's heading lower, so I would give it six months or so. At least wait for another trading update to see if they're back on track and get some earnings upgrades to come through. Uh, but I think you've got time on this one. Good business, just a little mm. early for uh, for me, given the current multiple. Do you agree it's a good business, Rudy? I'm old enough to, to remember they were called Campbell Brothers they not were. that long ago. Yeah, I think if you look at the analysts who cover the stock, there's basically there's, there's no uniform view. Some are worried about the, the testing in the, in, the, in the mining space, and some think they are due for an upgrade. Pick your pick. Uh, from memory, I think they're going to report next week, so we're very close to their, to their report. Um, I'm personally a bit wary about uh, the outlook for, for small cap miners, in particular when we see uh, constant delays coming in and, and, and the likes of lithium being being, being sold down basically. Um, so longer term I think the outlook uh, is probably because of those mega trends probably positive. Shorter term a lot of question more question marks I think. Next week will we'll give us some answers but then the problem is of course uh, do you buy now in, in anticipation of an upgrade next week or do you risk the disappointment next week? Um, I would Personally, think if you own it already, you probably can hold it, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy it because, for me, there's uh, too many question marks. Okay, so I'm going to call that a hold. All right, let's get to the next on the list, which is another A for Horizon. AZJ is the ticker code. Again, this is picked <laughs> by Angela. Getting busy for Angela today. All right, we've got Macquarie um, with an outperform. Morgan's a hold, UBS neutral, City is a neutral on Horizon. So I guess you just have to, you know, weigh up what you think is gonna happen with call volumes, essentially. It's a widowmaker. Widowmaker, yeah. Widowmaker. Lots of people I speak with don't like this stuff because of its history. It's, it's also, it's, 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 your, it's your value investors trap. Um, some value investors out there, Morningstar, anyone? Uh, I've been having this on their conviction list for, for years now and it just, just refused to perform basically. Essentially what is happening is they, they basically have to reinvent themselves. They are going through a transition and those transitions, because they are, they are so uh, intense uh, and <laughs> there's a lot happening there, uh, they don't go overnight. So you have to give the company at least the benefit of the doubt. They do pay a great dividend, although they have cut it twice over the past few years. Um, and in the meantime, you just have to question, are you going to sit there and wait until they get it right? And at some point, they probably will. Or in a market that is not, that it has a lot of uh, shortened down share prices spread around with a lot more growth perspectives and a lot more certainty about those growth, um, are you going to put your money elsewhere? Uh, I'm not a big fan of Horizon. Um, I, th I think it's it's a potentially in, in the short term a value trap, which it has been over the past few years. You can see that, um, and it's I mean, if you only look at the company, you think, oh, it's cheap. Yes, it is cheap, but then it doesn't move anywhere because nothing is happening operationally that that changes the market's mind at this point in time. I wouldn't go there, and if you own it. By all means, uh, you probably need to require more patience, and in the meantime, you just uh, uh, receive the dividends and be patient. Okay, so hold it if you have it for the dividends. But yeah, I mean, do you do you consider this Philip a defensive company? 
We like logistics, so yes, we do consider it defensive. Um, they are diversifying away from coal for those reasons into bulks, but that's going to take two to th- two fifty to three hundred mil investment. So they're spending money to get some diversity. Um, for me, again, recently disappointed. Some fifteen times for almost fifteen times PE. Stock I cover, Lindsay is on eight times. Lindsay is probably much better. Yeah, so also yeah. similar growth almost half mm. the PE. So uh, yes, we like the space. I would encourage people to look at Lindsay, which is on yeah. seven and a half, eight times PE versus mm. 15 times for this one, and both delivering double digit um, earnings growth, at least for the next 12 months. Lindsay had their AGM on Friday, basically said as much so. Mm. And Lindsay does rail as well. So yep. it's kind of a rise without the checkered history, if I could say that, um, or que- variable history. So yeah. I, I think Horizon's fair value, so I'm going to call it a hold. Um, mm. But we like the space and much prefer LAU over um, over Horizon. Okay, there you go. I think I agree with well, Lindsay would be a much better, although it's much smaller than market cap, Yeah, but I think it's a much better perspective. Okay, thanks guys. Let's get to Macquarie, shall we? I think we'll have a lot to discuss here, perhaps. This is a request from Ali. Now, I don't know if that request came in pre or post the report last week, um, but it's an expression of what's going on in the broader economy. Yes. Well, not only that, it's, I, I would say, perfect storm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Macquarie, um, as I've pointed out over the years, is one of the first in, in, in the Australian market, for example, that moved into uh, green investments, uh, sustainability, ESG and all of that. Now that sector has been absolutely smashed this year, and they and they and they feel that. The other thing is, um, uh, and that is typical for the for the whole sector, by the way, um, the requirement to make more and more investments in technology, and obviously they have they have cost pressures elsewhere as well, staff and etc. So costs is have been one of the one of the disappointments uh, of Macquarie in, in recent times, including last week's update. Costs, for example, are also the challenge for Westpac, and they only surprised a little bit on, on, on Monday. But uh, so the sector itself, in particular the, the, the major banks, they haven't really been making investments in, in, in technology, and they, they are forced to do that now. Um, and then, of course, the, the fact that, that uh, uh, asset markets haven't really performed, uh, that's <laughs> very, very, very challenging for Macquarie. Um, Contrary to, to a stock like CSL, I would put them in the same basket in, in terms of they are high quality. That's what I was going to say. They I have mean, performed over a very long time, and, and Macquarie in particular, since they escaped the abyss of the GFC, they've done well in, from that moment onwards. I think similar, you can, I mean, Macquarie is different because they're not going to grow like CSL does, but they will grow at some stage. They will get this around. I think, I don't always take guidance from fire section. But I found it very interesting that when they came out with a result that was well, well, well below analyst forecasts, mm-hmm. share price did not tank. Actually, share price ended up on the day. That? And that tells yeah. me a lot. That basically says, market, we already expected this. We're now looking forward and they will get things right. Yeah, and there was also that $2 billion buyback that, also, that was that helps. as well. That helps, absolutely, that helps. But that also gives them, that, that is them giving confidence to the market. Yeah that not everything is in the doldrums yeah. and we will get out so of it. they might see their shares as being undervalued <laughs> yes, right now so, as well. So I would, I would so think... So is Macquarie a bit, little bit of a bargain right now if you I take would, a long-term I, view? I would argue yes. So in that case, it would be a buy? You would be a buy. <laughs> I know. Change. I know. We should I know. just <laughs> switch positions, really. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Any different at Sean Partners? No, we, we don't cover this one, but I, I do look at it um, mm-hmm. personally. It's it's a fascinating stock. They had a cracker result for the year ended March, yeah. released in May. I think share price touched $200. All the analysts upgraded, and now they've all downgraded because the result was weak, yeah. but the share price is up on the day. It's trading at 13 times PE, uh, 5% dividend yield. It is compelling buying opportunity. They themselves are buying, to, I mean, $2 billion is a drop in the ocean for Macquarie, but yeah. they are buying back their own stock. For the longer term, and what was interesting at the full year result, they said, these results are strong. We cannot repeat this, yeah, particularly yeah, in commodities. That. So they warned so that we cannot repeat have, this. Yeah. So, um, one of those opportunities where they will move up and down with the markets, but they do pull levers. They don't just sit there and, yeah. and, and wear, um, wear the pain on the downside. Um, having worked there, I can tell you they do pull levers. So I do think this is, a, for the long-term investor, at 13 times a good buying opportunity. You might not have to wait 100 years, um, but when markets do eventually normalise, both in Australia and, the, and North America, where they're pushing into, you should see the stock track back towards the $200 that hit recently and analysts upgrade their price targets after having downgraded them yeah. the last two mm-hmm. months. So for me, it was fascinating that it barely moved on a terrible result yeah. because people were looking through it and yeah, I, I think it's a buy. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Also, yeah. I think one thing to, to emphasise, these guys are basically the better bank in Australia as well. They're eating into the mortgage uh, market share. Yeah. And, and if you talk to people who, who are dealing with banks, the service in comparison to the big four is just from a different planet. Yeah? So that's why people are migrating towards, and they are deliberately not taking more market share because they don't want to become an Australian bank in, in, in the normal sense, but they could potentially go much harder. Yeah? So they're actually having their foot on the brakes and still increasing their market share. So they are the better bank. And um well, that's what I was sort of my next question. You know, if you've both got to buy a Macquarie, is that a reflection of how you feel about big banks in Australia? Or no. this is, yeah, special no. case in yeah. point. Well, in my case, yes. Yeah. yes. And so Westpac's result yesterday didn't it, No, it didn't instill. It, no, yeah. it didn't. No, no. I thought, I mean, separate issue, you buy Macquarie yeah. because of its, its, its yes. non-traditional yeah. bank, investment yeah. banking, etc., asset, asset management, uh, which ironically we were disappointed um, the other day, is long-term growth. I thought the Westpac result was okay. It was in line. It, that, I mean, it's okay. Yeah. And also because expectations were really, really low. Yeah, but that's the thing. But yeah. So reading some of the analyst research, oh, okay, well, we didn't get the credit uh, yeah. crunch this year. We'll get yeah. it next year. Well, that's not what Westpac said on the call. They said that customer is holding up okay and they can withstand another rate rise. Yeah. So this whole um, you know, mortgage cliff, we're now through the mortgage cliff. Yeah, and, but we still have cost growth. We still have some cost growth, but that doesn't mean that banks are a buy, but I just don't no. think they're a sell. Um, whereas Macquarie um, can cherry pick and say mortgages uh, might be a decent return on investment. Let's go into mortgages, let's do more commodities, let's do more wealth management, let's push into offshore. Mm-hmm. So you just got more global options with Macquarie. Um, I, I don't think it's a choice if you buy a Macquarie group or you buy a bank, uh, ANZ, CBI, oh, no, I you think can, they're you, separate. You can own both, but, yeah. but the, the, the key difference is 15 years ago, the share price of Westpac was $22, yeah. and now it's $22. So they haven't moved in one decade and a half, apart from the dividends and the franking you get. Macquarie has gone like this on the price chart. And so the big call is, 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 is that trend, underlying trend for Westpac, is that going to change over the next 15 years? I'm still very skeptical about that one. And Macquarie, the challenge is much higher than after the dip we've now seen. Do they basically just resume this one? 
Macquarie went from 100 bucks to 18 bucks to 200 bucks to $1.85. In the GFC, so in the GFC involved, yes, but, but, but we need the GFC. We need the GFC yeah. for that. Right. Let's hope we don't get a GFC. Yeah. Okay. So thank you. That's Macquarie. Let's get to the next on the list and maybe a short discussion. This is St. Barbara. SBM is the ticker code. This has been picked by Sonam. I'm going to go to Philip. Uh, yeah. Don't spend too much time on it, Philip. It's uh, not worth it. <laughs> exactly as you said. Next. Look, I'm going to call it a hold because it, it is cheap. But it, no. we like the gold space. It, it's a Perth-based gold explorer, so it's kind of in the right space. Just costs have gone up and a few things have gone wrong. Um, it's the divesting some assets. The share price tells you what you need to know. That, that share yeah. price says yes. a lot of the doom and gloom's probably in the price, which is why it's not a sell. And if analysts are right, you'll get some positive news in the next one to two years. But will you, their most recent announcement was actually quite negative. Yeah. Uh, you put up that longer chart, you, it's, it's an yeah. avoid. Yes. Down 95%, yeah, you could still use lose another 100%. Um, it's not a must own. Uh, I'm going to call it a hold based on valuation, but mm. it could be a hold yeah. for a very long time. Yeah, so it's, it's for my part, it's clearly an avoid. And the obvious question I would ask is why? I'm assuming that the, the question comes because the share price looks low. Cheap, and yeah. Yes, but the company behind the share price has changed. They had to sell their producing asset, and that was company. When companies are going to trouble, that's when you, you you have to sell the best asset you have, and you you left with a shit sandwich basically, and they've been left with a shit sandwich. Yeah, so no profits, only drilling and 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 and, and putting uh, stuff in the ground. Uh, nothing is coming out there yet, so there's no revenue, there's no profits, there's only costs, and then they have operational problems. Given that if you're positive about, about gold, there are so many more options you have in the share market. It's not, it's not just about the share price is cheap. You have to look what's behind the share price, or otherwise you end up with Bougainville Copper, which <laughs> has nothing which going. Getting name nothing. drops left, right, and center here today. <laughs> has nothing going for them, yeah? And the same thing, if these guys at least have a mind and they're trying to do something, but it's, it's not worth it, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was speaking just with Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor yesterday, and he uses this as an example of, you know. Exactly. I mean, people, poorly run people watch, at, watch the share price, but you have to watch what is underneath yeah. the share price, what is supporting, where is the upside? I mean, they, these guys are well out of potential upside. This reminded me, there used to be an ad on TV saying, where's the beef? Anyway, <laughs> so let's get to, I don't think it was here, uh, SRG Global. So, 10th stock, this has been picked by Kobe. SRG Global. Rudy. Well, we're back in the, in the mining services space. Back eh? there um, again. So, I'm going to reel out the same comments I usually make. Low uh, margins? It's a small company. It's yeah. really, it's only one of the smaller players in that sector. And I would argue, if, you, if you're really positive about that sector, have a look at the likes of Monadelphus, for example. They win almost guaranteed their, 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 their part of the, of the contracts. Eh? These guys have to work much harder. They might have to underbid some other, other people. And every single contract, win or lose, is going to have a big impact. As I said, I'm not that positive. Um, about all those mini companies on the share market issuing a lot of contracts over the next uh, six to nine months. Um, so I'm a little more cautious in this sector. And in particular, I think you should be about the smaller cap companies like SRG Global. Okay. I think you, you, 
you naturally navigate to the larger players in that sector because they by default will get contracts from Fortescue, from Rio, from BHP and the likes. And yes, the potential upside might be less, but the potential downside is less. And that's important too. Okay. Was there any reason to buy SRG Global? I cover the stock. I've got to buy on it. So Shore <laughs> Partners, highly regarded analyst, has a last word stock. goes to Philip goes on this to one. Me. That's all you need to know. To write in for a copy of the research. <laughs> uh, it is small, despite that. In FY23, it won nearly 1.2 billion dollars worth of contracts. Year to date, it has announced 266 million dollars worth of contracts with Fortescue Metals, with Lendlease, with BHP. So different, uh, very mm. diversified client base. And I agree with you, um, Monos might win their share of all the contracts, but mm. so is SRG because mm. they are growing with their customers. Um, their tenders and pipeline are six and a half billion. Now, mm. there's a view out there that infrastructure spend will peak in 2024, then come to a mm. grinding halt. Mm. I don't see it. The construction, the infrastructure mm. construction companies don't see it. They can't yeah. get the labor to get the peak earnings, so it is stronger for longer. Uh, we think uh, SIGs in this camp at the in back in um, August with their result they guided to twenty percent EBITDA growth for this year. They guided to similar last year and delivered forty. So mm. history tells you that as they win more and more contracts, mm. that gets upgraded. It's on seven times PE, seven and a half times. Well, that contract that they deserve to be on seven. <laughs> Sure, uh, but still, compared to other contracts, uh, yeah, they are at a yeah, discount yeah. to the monitors of the world. So for us, it, it's a quality business, quite diversified. Um, s- exposure to some of the contracts at monitors yeah. is, I'll top my head, cheaper than Monodelphis. You can own both, yeah. um, but just a strong outlook not being factored into the share price. Uh, we, uh, we think it's a buy, especially when they've given early and strong guidance. History tells you that'll grow as yeah. with more contracts. So There you go. Sure, partners analyst thinks it's a buy. I reiterate his view. And how could you not go with such a dapper gentleman and his genuine view? All right, but this is what makes a market, isn't it? And this is why you do have to do your own research or get financial advice if you need so. This is conversation. Think about it that way. It's kind of like these guys would talk about if they were at a pub together or something. And I just sit and watch and listen. Okay, let's go through what we have learned in this past half hour. Number six on the list. ALQ, ALS is the ticker code. It's a wait. It, you know, for Philip, there's no need to get in there. He likes it, but he reckons that it's pretty fully priced. It's a hold. Um, look, it's a, it's very small. In a, well, he, well, Rudy, I should say, is a little bit skeptical when it comes to small cap miners in particular. So that informs his view. All right, let's get to the next horizon. It's a hold. Not a big fan, Rudy, but uh, you know, if you're there, uh, then you may as well sit back and collect the dividends. Sort of same thing with uh, Philip Pepe. He likes logistics as being a defensive space, but what, oh, what was the company you like better? Lindsay. Lindsay, Lindsay, of course. Okay, Macquarie, it is a buy for both of my guests to now as a buying opportunity. Um, although you might have to wait wait for the cycle to change before you uh, see that share price really respond. Um, St. Barbara, why is Rudy's question? And it's an avoid for Philip Pepe as well. And SRG Global, you just heard it. Rudy, not a fan. Philip Pepe, the analyst at Sean Partners is. So you can make your own decision based on that. Okay, guys, huge thank you. Thank you for spending part of your Melbourne Cup day with us. And all, as always, your opinions uh, as well. And the laughs. All right. We, we, haven't, we haven't made any horse jokes. No. Come on. I am surprised. Run. Don't put the cart in front of the horse. <laughs> By the long face. <laughs> all right. 
I'm going to leave it there. I don't have a lot to add when it comes to uh, horse racing or anything else. Okay. Um, if you'd like to add a company for our guests to cover, please do so. You can go to osbiz.co forward slash call picks, or you can tweet to us at Ausbiz TV. Don't forget, we've got a virtual investor event coming up. It's all about small caps, 10 managers with 10 high conviction picks, and a bit of a back and forth, a bit of a mini call actually on micro caps. We hope you can join us, osbiz.co forward slash small caps 23. Stick around. The Pulse is next. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.